so glad that you are jumping into community group leadership or that you are considering it and that's why you're in this room and we yes. love love that this room is packed out and we had to bring in chairs and it's a little too warm so i'm sorry if any of you nod off um, my name is courtney dyer i've been on staff at the church for about like 11 years now um but a more fun fact is that i've been part of a community group our small group um, leading one or participating one in for over 20 years when I did that math it was kind of scary wow. um, so you started when you were five yes thank he's catching up to you Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> yeah and I'm Mark um, I have the privilege of uh, coaching groups and love that I, I get to be a group leader as well and have the opportunity to be the campus pastor over at our Greece campus. And uh, we as a family have been at Northridge for over 10 years now. Uh, moved here from Toledo, Ohio, where I was a youth pastor. And then before that, um, we pastored in uh, Michigan. So that's the road that God has led us down. But we are, man, we are so thankful that you are in this room. And um, man, I tell you what, we are uh, at a place as a church where we need more group leaders. And so we're so thankful that you've come and checked this out as, you know, maybe you are already a group leader, a newer one, and you haven't yet attended this breakout, or maybe you are in, like Courtney said, that place where you're just kind of thinking about, is this for me? And uh, regardless of which of those is true of you, we're so thankful that you are in this room because we believe that community groups are the most vital volunteer role that exists at Northridge. Uh, just like you heard from Drew and you heard from Jason already, you are key leaders at Northridge. We value um, the leadership that community group leaders provide. We really think you're on the front lines of making an amazing difference when it comes to our mission of making more and better disciples. Without groups and without group leaders to lead those groups, we can't effectively engage more people and help them become more, um, or help them become better, I should say, followers of Jesus. We believe that God has created each of us with a need for community, and so our goal behind community groups is this, to, that's not, that's our names, is this, <laughs> for, for everyone to experience biblical community. That's the goal behind having groups at Northridge, so that everyone has the opportunity to experience biblical community, um, to provide a place for that to happen. And, and how do we define biblical community? Well, there are many ways that we could describe it. But we've decided at Northridge to describe it as the ABCs of community group. Um, the, these ABCs really are the DNA of how we do groups at Northridge. So we're going to run through what these are. And we haven't forgot about you guys in terms of chairs. So, um, or we have. But um, there is one there. So, and then it looks like there may be an empty chair here. So what if we, yeah, go ahead. Is this empty here, Dan, or is this going to be filled? Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh my here, nice. Yeah. And then, <laughs> All right, so when it comes to the ABCs of groups, um, A stands for apply the Bible. Uh, groups really are not primarily about learning more information, but applying what we already know or what we're learning together. Uh, groups um, or God's priorities for our lives really is transformation, not just information transfer. And so that's why we really encourage groups to discuss the sermon. Um, we want people uh, applying what they're hearing and then digesting it together uh, following a Sunday morning message. And so we want to learn how to be 
doers of the word and not just hearers of, of what God says. So we encourage people, bring your sermon notes, bring a Bible, bring your Bible app on whatever you know device that might be. Um, and then when it, when it comes to applying the Bible in group, regularly asking each other during prayer time, you know, how are you doing at engaging in God's word? How are you doing um, in spending time in God's word? Yeah, that's awesome. And it is really about applying the Bible. Um, groups are all about helping you take the truth of what you heard on Sunday morning or maybe the truth of what you're going to interact with through that you know, curriculum on uh, right, now, right Now Media through a video or, or something like that and apply it. it really, it, groups aren't meant to be a Bible study per se, although part of applying God's truth is, is hearing it, is, is reading it or interacting with it. So applying the Bible. And then secondly, B, to build relationships. Groups are all about building relationships. The point of group is not to just have a meeting every week, right? That's not the point. The point is that you will uh, have that opportunity to build healthy relationships with others um, who are Christ followers who can challenge you to grow in your own faith as you challenge them to grow in theirs. Groups can't guarantee friendships, but they can provide a place where people have an opportunity to be known, heard, and to begin connecting with others uh, who are following Christ. And the best sign we think of a healthy group is when people are making connections even outside the formal meeting, right? When we see those kind of connections, coffee appointments and, you know, play dates, and when we see those kind of just natural connections being made throughout the week, that's a sign of a really effective, healthy group, uh, group uh, in terms of building relationships. And C is for care for each other. Uh, it's really possible to show up, if you just show up on Sunday and sit in a row, it's really easy to be anonymous. It's so easy. Right. Um, and if you don't show up on a Sunday, there's a good chance that no one would even notice that you weren't here. Uh, but groups provide a place where you're going to be missed if you don't show up, hopefully. Um, mm -hmm. Unless you're that person in your group. Um, <laughs> but, and, then, and then even more importantly, when, you know, when something really goes down or hits the fan in your life, having a group of people to rally around you, to carry you through that, or just to walk through hard yeah. things with you, um, whether that's the ups or the downs, um, that really is what caring for people is all about. Um, and so ABCs, those are the, the goal and the purpose of our community groups. Um, they really are the DNA of why we do groups and what we do. Sweet. So in this breakout tonight, we want to cover five key questions in about 30 minutes. And then we'll take some time for Q&A if there are any questions uh, following the content. Mark will uh, answer all of your questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's been here longer. <laughs> so here are five key questions that we'll cover. Uh, here they are. Uh, why do we need groups at all? And, and we've already really kind of interacted with that. But why do we need you to lead a group? Why do we need you all to play that part? Do I qualify, you might ask, to lead? And what do leaders do? That'd be kind of nice to know, wouldn't it? And then number five, how can I get started if this is in fact something that I'm hoping to do? So question number one, first question, why do we need groups? And the first answer we'd supply is that there's a cultural condition that means that groups are vital, that, that to have Christian community, close, authentic community is a vital thing because Americans in general lack healthy community. When analyzing our culture, George Gallup of the Gallup Poll writes that Americans are among the loneliest people in the world. According to a few social scientists, the average American has only two people to conf confide in for meaningful conversation. And depression is no longer just considered a feeling. It's now considered one of the most common health issues all around the world. So there's a real 
um, desperate need that people have in our culture for community. All right, and our second uh, reason for why do we need groups, uh, it's a biblical mandate. Um, the New Testament church, if uh, you read through the New Testament, it really was all about one anothering, one another. There's 59 one another commands in the New Testament. A few examples, encourage one another daily, serve one another in love, spur one another on toward love and good deeds, pray for each other, love one another, carry each other's burdens. Time and time again, the church is encouraged to do life in community together. I don't know about you, but I can't one another by myself. Um, and so every church in every age um, in history throughout the world, have they've looked at their culture, and then they've looked at these biblical mandates of um, how to one another, and they're trying to, you know, they've, they've figured out what does the solution look like. And for our modern American culture, we really believe that doing biblical community, kind of the way that we've put it together, um, is, a, is a good way to try and meet these one another commands. And, you know, we certainly can't one another without one another. Right. Yeah. It's hard to do on a Sunday morning when there's yes. several hundred other people. Yes, that's uh, true. And so third, uh, why do we need groups? Because of the spiritual growth aspect of groups. In a book called Transformational Groups, Thousands of Americans were surveyed about their group experience or lack thereof. And the authors of this book write that those respondents, those respondents who attend a group four times a month show significantly higher scores in every area of di discipleship compared with those who do not attend. Uh, respondents uh, in group or these respondents, uh, a regular group attendees indicated that they're 40% more likely to read their Bibles regularly, 28% more likely to pray for others regularly and 25% more likely to confess sin regularly. Just again, all really healthy practices of Christian growth that we need and groups and, and being a regular part of a group significantly impacts the likelihood that a Christian is gonna be engaged in these vital practices. They go on to say, uh, do we believe effective groups will help churches take consumers and move them from rows to circles, putting them in a better position to become more like Jesus? Yes, absolutely we believe that. And although groups are not the only place transformation happens, we are convinced it is the primary place. All right, and the fourth reason uh, we need groups is uh, of our, because of our church growth. Over the, la over the last several of the years, our church has seen rapid numerical growth, so a lot more people coming to our church. Um, and this is happening even in a community that's not necessarily growing in our area. And so we are just so grateful to God for this gift of new people he keeps sending our way. Um, research has revealed that if a new person doesn't make at least seven connections in their first six months of attending a church, they're most likely to disconnect and then drift away. Um, and we don't know where each person is coming from, but we do know that they are somewhere on a spiritual journey and that there is some sort of spiritual next step that they can take. And so groups will help us connect with these people, identify what's your next step, and then we can help each other grow. So as God keeps sending us new people, um, groups is going to help these people find, um, find relationships, hopefully connect to one another, and then encourage growth um, in, for wherever we are in our spiritual journeys. Awesome, Courtney. Hey, the next question we want to take a look at is, why do we need... Hey, now. <laughs> why do we need you to lead? That's the question. Why do we need you to lead, and, and the reality is that in order to keep up with the growth of our church that Courtney just talked about, and with the growth of, growth of our groups, we need more leaders to step up so that we can multiply our existing groups and create space for new people. That's what it's all about. As we grow, we need to create and continue to create new groups that create new space, more space, for more new people to experience transformational groups. 
And you know, you can see here's some numbers where I'm going to take a look at those specifically, but you can just kind of see those that they reflect the growth of our people attending groups. But the reality is that over the last couple of years, our leadership pace hasn't kept up with the total number of groups or the total number of, of members. And so um, we haven't, in a sense, kept pace with leadership. And that's why a room like this with so many so people in it is so exciting because we have an opportunity to really make a dent in, in that statistic. Um, and, and we have added a lot more people to groups. We can't multiply our groups and create space for new people without new group leaders. And that's why we need you. And group coaches uh, like myself, we often talk about how group leaders are the secret sauce behind everything we do at Northridge, behind our growth and our effectiveness. We really believe that, that without all of you and without all of the, the leaders of Northridge groups, uh, man, we would be very, very ineffective at our mission. But with you, we believe we are very effective at what God has called us to do. And so maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, I don't know why I'm here. I certainly don't think of myself as a leader. And there's a lot of people that think, you know, I certainly can't lead people spiritually. Like, that's out of my league. Right. Um, and so that question uh, leads us to question number three is, do I qualify to lead? And so if that's you and you're wondering about that, love to show you this three-minute video that might help answer that question. Let's take a look. All right, next up, uh, King David. Thanks for coming, King David. What qualifies you to be our next small group leader? <clears throat> well, what was that word you used before my name? Uh, King. Yeah, King, right. How many of those am I up against? My strengths. Flakes. I'm pretty good with staff. Guess <laughs> I get to the last brownie? But I did too. Boom. <laughs> 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 Survival skills, weaknesses. Double climbing, climbing, retrieval, another group view, and can make a pretty mean ghost sausage. <laughs> Maybe haircuts, women, loses it. <laughs> my wife was my sister. You never got to kill me. Why are we even getting into this? <laughs> Look, Jesus Christ himself called you Satan. He was trying to make a point of being behind me, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. It was a rock to the back of the head. I really regret that it happened. when you slept with me. My wife said she was fine with it. <laughs> Come on. Okay, timeline. Um, first I slept with his wife. No, no, no. I didn't kill Christians. Then I lied to him. I was just watching people's coats. Then I hadn't killed him. It's a long time ago. That sounds a different guy. That's Saul. What? You got somebody giving you beef? Huh? You do something care? Where's the app? Yo, bring it, huh? Didn't you deny Christ three times? No. Thank <laughs> you. 
that God uses imperfect people. Otherwise, I don't think any of us would be here. I mean, I know Mark wouldn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm so grateful that God uses us in our failures, through our our failures, and in spite of our failures, uh, to point us back to our need for him. And that's all we really want to do as group leaders, is point people back to their need um, for for God. So uh, that's going to jump us into what is required of me if I'm going to be a group leader. So who can lead? We have uh, five basic requirements for our group leaders. Right. Let's take a look. Group leader requirements. Number one, you would have a growing relationship with Christ. Um, and we think for a group leader that, you know, there's not any necessarily set in stone standard for what this needs to be, but we would generally say like two years is probably a pretty good baseline that you'll have been able to have some sort of a track record of a couple of years probably where you've been a Christian who's been growing in your faith, demonstrating some of those basic Christian disciplines. Um, scripture's not real clear, obviously, on this, but we just have learned that that tends to be a pretty good baseline. Uh, the truth is you can be a believer for 30 years and still be immature, right? Or you can be a very new Christian and still be quite mature, uh, but it's really more about the direction of your heart. And so we just we love to, to see that there's something there that shows that you've got a trajectory toward um, growth that would be inspirational to others. But it's not, ultimately it's not about um, perfection. It is about direction, right? It's not about perfection, it's about direction. Um, Secondly, that you'll have completed um, at least one trimester in a Northridge group. Um, You know, the the reality is that, that we have a lot of people that come to Northridge from other churches and they've experienced group and, and some, some kind of a group context in those other ministries. And that's fabulous. That's great. Uh, but each church tends to do group in a unique way. And so we would love for all of those that are going to be leading at Northridge to have been in a Northridge group for at least one trimester to get a sense of how it is you know, that, that Northridge uniquely does group and, and kind of uh, get some of the DNA uh, of Northridge. E- even our staff does this. Uh, even Drew himself had to be a part of a community group for a trimester before he was allowed to be a leader of group. Um, so good news, uh, your group leader training uh, began on the day you started with groups uh, here at Northridge, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, and then three. Um, church member, church member. Um, this is also uh, important to us because uh, church membership here at Northridge is, is one of the ways that a person uh, expresses the fact that they're all in with the, the mission, the vision, the values, the approach of Northridge. And so when a person says, you know what, sign me up, I'm in, I want to be a member of, of Northridge Church, that means something to leadership. That means we can count on you to fully support Northridge in the direction that we are headed. And by the way, our next membership class is November 3rd. So if you're not a member yet, uh, man, that is the place you want to be. Uh, it's not a long class at all, take a couple hours at the most, and then you'll do an interview, and uh, we would love to have you be a part of that process um, on November 3rd, so keep that in mind. All right, the fourth group leader requirement is time, capacity, and discernment. That sounds like a lot, Uh, but really what this means is when it comes to time and capacity, do you have time to make your group a priority? Do you have time to prioritize your group meetings? And then do you have a little bit of time to invest in the people outside of your group like you would your normal friends? 
Um, so that's really what kind of time and capacity is pointing to. And then when it comes to discernment, the truth of it is that you're sitting here because someone feels like you have the discernment to walk alongside people in their spiritual journey. So that's what, that's what that really means. Um, and number five of our group leader requirements is agreeing to group leader behaviors. As a group leader, uh, we're all in a position of influence, and that's actually a really, group, a really good thing. Group members are going to watch how we live, they're going to listen to the words that we say, and they're going to want to make sure that we're, you know, that we're, we're an authentic person. Um, and so, as a role model for the people in your group, how you live um, is part of that equation. And so, before you were to step into leadership, uh, we just want to make sure that you are in agreement with a few basic uh, behaviors that we think should be consistent for all followers of Jesus. And those are listed in our handbook and also in the group leader application. So if you had any questions about that, we'd be happy to talk about that with you. Perfect. So those are uh, those five key leader requirements. So if you do qualify to lead, you look at that list and you go, yeah, nothing there, uh, nothing there scares me. And uh, you might even already be qualified or you might just be a membership class away or you know, agreeing to the group leader behaviors. Um, is something that you, you would need to do, but I mean, it's, it's all there and you're ready. Um, maybe you're wondering what is expected of me if I become a leader? What is expected of me as I am a new leader? And so let's take a look at the four, uh, fourth question, what do leaders do? And generally speaking, um, you know, if we were to write out a job description for group leaders here at Northridge, it might include these nine uh, items on it. Group leader responsibilities. Number one, organize weekly meetings. And by the way, none of these nine that I'm going to list uh, would you personally have to do all of them entirely, right? Mm -hmm. This is a team effort, right? So, you know, you would uh, find that you, along with other co-leaders, and really, as we just talked about promoting participation, along with not only the, the, the official leaders of the group, but along with other group members, a lot of these tasks um, take place. So, but as a leader, you're uh, responsible for making sure that that weekly meeting is organized. Uh, number two, take group attendance. You would simply respond to an email that you'd receive every week, and it would just ask you to check in, you know, whoever is there. And again, along with the other leaders, you decide who takes care of that. I think that takes literally yeah, maybe 42 seconds, like the, the <laughs> taking attendance. Takes you 42 seconds. Yeah, You're a Patriots yeah. fan. Takes me like 15. There's a bit of a competition here. <laughs> Number three is um, update uh, online search profile. What that means is that every group has a page um, for like um, people that are interested in, in finding out what groups are available, right? Through the group search or the what do, they, what do we call that? The group. I should know. The group leader website. Yeah, not leader website, but the uh, the group vitals? search website where people can go online and yeah. search for the groups that are available, right? So the point here is that every group has a page. And when people are looking for a group, they're going to read about your group. And so you, as a leader, you want to make sure that your group seems really attractive for those people that are looking for a group. That's all that means. Uh, number four is to communicate with group members. And this is just really about the sort of life of the group, what's happening, you know, when are meetings taking places, are there social events or uh, service type events that you're having, really group, group life, what's happening there communicating with them. Uh, number five is to pray 
four group members. You're committing as a leader. I'm, that's part of my spiritual care for those in my group that I'm committing to holding them up before God in prayer. Number six is to raise up new leaders. That's something that our, our group leaders are always constantly doing. We're looking to replace ourselves. We're looking to um, raise up additional leaders so that we can continue to spread the influence of, of group leadership. Now, that's really why you're here tonight because um, previous group leaders just did that. And number seven is to uh, multiply your group. Um, as a leader, you will be among, uh, again, maybe other co-leaders that will look to when the time is right, when you get to maybe two or three years deep in your present group, or potentially you've got 16 or maybe 18 people in your present group, it's time to now multiply something very positive. It's not always easy, but it's really important. And again, it's one group becoming two groups, or even in some cases, we've seen three groups, one group becoming three groups. But again, the leadership there is so vital to make that go well. Uh, and then number nine, sorry, eight, uh, meet with your coach. Meet with your coach twice a year. Um, we, we have group leaders uh, from each group meet with their coach just to kind of do a check-in, see how things are going. Um, that is a vital time, and I would encourage you to take advantage of that as you become a leader. Attend trainings is number nine, and that is exactly what today is. Uh, so we have these, uh, again, twice a year. Um, we found that to be a really good rhythm. Um, seems to be enough without overkill. And um, I hope that tonight you've already experienced the encouragement, inspiration, and uh, uh, equipping that can happen in a training. 50% well, done. Yep. Yeah, by being here. You're 50% oh, yeah, done with your done. yearly requirements. It's cake. It's yeah. easy. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's one thing to qualify to be a leader and to check off all the group responsibilities, but that doesn't ensure you'll succeed as a leader, does it, Courtney? No. Um, and over the years, we've kind of discovered um, some key essentials uh, to helping make group experiences as good as they can be um, and creating environments where God can really work. And so, um, the group leader essentials, they're not really a checklist for your development as a leader as much as they are more gauges for kind of evaluating the health of your community group. Um, and so we've said the DNA of community groups are those ABCs that I talked about earlier. Yeah, that we talked about earlier. But the DNA of great group leaders um, are the six group leader essentials. Um, and so really, if you catch nothing else tonight, we, we hope you'll kind of glob onto these few things. And practicing these six essentials, it doesn't guarantee a successful group, but it really does kind of set you up um, for your best opportunity to help you help grow your group um, spiritually. So we're going to look at the six group leader essentials. Right. Yes. And number one is number one because it's number one. It's most important. It's pursue Christ. And, and this one is, is you know, kind of king of all of them because, man, everything else that we do as group leaders relies on whether or not we're pursuing Christ as individuals. Pursuing Christ is always important and always urgent. Everyone in the group owns his or her spiritual growth, and that includes you, the leader. Um, let's face it, it's so easy um, to get caught up in providing a safe and welcoming environment for everyone else that sometimes as leaders we can kind of tend to neglect our own spiritual health, our own spiritual care, and we, do, we don't want to do that. We want to caution ourselves against that and put safeguards in to make sure that that doesn't happen because the reality is that you can't lead others down a path that you yourself are not walking down. Jesus said that um, unless you 
uh, are connected to the vine. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we will do nothing of spiritual significance if we don't remain connected to the vine of Jesus. Um, so if we're not pursuing Christ and connected to him, we won't produce the vital things that we believe should result from our life by knowing and pursuing Christ. If you're not confident in the answer to the question, are you pursuing Christ, is yes, then it's time to take some action and put those things in place in your life that will begin to produce that positive, um, courageous yes from you. That Yes, I know I'm pursuing Christ. It may take developing better habits of reading, meditation on God's word. It might be finding a person you can meet with regularly to confess sin or fight those sinful habits in your life. It might look like memorizing scripture or pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and serving in a new capacity. There's a lot of things that this could look like, but those are the kinds of habits and activities that are going to produce that sort of pursuit of Christ that will result in the leadership and the influence that you want to have. Whatever it is, stay engaged in your spiritual walk. Remain curious about your faith and how it's developing and take the initiative to grow. Because the five other essentials that we're going to talk about in a moment, they rise and fall on this first one. At all costs, pursue Christ. All right, the second group leader essential would be to cultivate relationships. Um, we, say a lot, uh, we say around here a lot that in order to grow spiritually, we need to be connected relationally. Um, and this is in reference to those 59 one another commands that uh, I talked about earlier. It really is God's idea that we live out our faith with other people. Uh, we might think that spiritual growth is really all about taking in more information or simply following a, a set of do's and don'ts, a list. But spiritual growth really is relational with God and with other people. Uh, as Jesus said in Matthew 22, the two greatest commandments are to love God and love people. Those are both relational, relational yes. things. Um, and so we want our groups to grow relationally with God and with the people in our group. So a major part of our role as leaders is creating an environment where our group members have opportunities to connect with each other um, at deeper and deeper levels. And hopefully that's gonna happen naturally at group meetings, um, but we should still also try and connect with our group members as, um, as often as possible outside of groups, uh, whether that's in person or whether that's digitally, you know, shooting texts, emails, that kind of thing, connecting on social media. Um, but we wanna, we wanna connect outside of our official meetings in order to feel like we're really connected and really uh, friends with someone. Um, and in our experience, and I think Mark alluded to this earlier, that one of the best signs of a healthy group is when people are actually doing life together outside of their normal group meetings. Um, and so a great question to ask myself as a group leader when I want to evaluate the health of my group is, are people connecting outside of group or are they just showing up that, you know, that couple hours a week? Um, and as, as leaders, it really does fall on us to take that first step and kind of get the ball rolling. Um, so we can plan a social event, we can serve together, we can replace maybe one of our regular meetings with a guys night or a girls night out. Um, maybe it's getting together with one other couple in the group or a couple of individual people from your group. Um, or encouraging people within your group to get together with other people in the group. And there is nothing I champion more as a group leader than when I find out that some people from my group got together and I didn't orchestrate it and they did it mm -hmm. on their own. That tells mm -hmm. me like they're building real relationships with each other. So I love seeing that. And cultivating relationships may never feel urgent, but it really is something that's important. And if we aren't intentional, it's never gonna happen. Um, and just a, kind of something that we've kind of figured out along the way is to make it as natural and organic as possible. You know, people are always like, what should I do with my, you know, my people I'm trying to form friendships with? Well, what do you do with your friends? 
go right. invite your group members to go do those sorts, same sort of things. Um, make your friendships as organic as possible. It really does help cultivate authentic relationships. That's awesome advice. Okay, number three, this should sound familiar, promote participation. That's what tonight is all about. If you, in case you missed it, right? So, um, just kind of as an insider tip, um, for each of these trainings, we focus on one of our leader essentials, and so tonight we're focusing on promote participation. And because we're doing that, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time here. But let me just uh, say a couple things related to promote participation. This is a leader's best friend. It is. You don't do this, you're gonna hate your life. Right? <laughs> like, like this is how you share the joy of of group life, of leadership, of all of the things that make up group. And man, um, sharing that and, and promoting participation among your group members is an amazing, amazing thing. Um, community groups is, like Jason said, a microcosm of the church, that body of Christ imagery we're given in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, so we need to be leading our groups to be contributors and not consumers. We heard that earlier, didn't we? How do we do it? We do it by giving away the tasks of running the group. That's the, the summary statement. That's how we promote participation. Um, and, you know, Jason mentioned the, the tip of the spreadsheet. Amazing tool. I can testify to how group used to be for me and how it has been since simply predefining or pre-assigning roles and then handing it out on night one and then just having an expectation that people will do it. You do the same thing mm -hmm. in your grouping. And then just seeing how people step up and meet that. And it's amazing. I, I would say the most probably difficult task or the one that feels like it might be, oh my word, I don't know if I can quite do that one, is the facilitation of discussion, right? That person that's kind of playing point on facilitation. Um, but I think part of the reason that that one's kind of viewed a little bit scary from people that haven't done it is because we've kind of oftentimes um, potentially led people to believe it's something it's not, right? It's not teaching a class. This is not, again, this is not a Bible study. This is not, you have to be a Bible scholar and you've got to lead through eloquently, you know, crafting this, this uh, whatever, you know, this, this teaching. No, it's not that. That's not what group is. Group is simply about applying the Bible, and you can facilitate by simply leading a discussion. You're asking questions. I like to say, if you can read, you can lead. <laughs> you, know, you can facilitate. If you can read, you can facilitate group. Because all it is is really asking questions off a sheet. And most people can do that very easily. Um, so as you share tasks and responsibilities, your group will increase their buy-in, and more people will actually be preparing for future leadership, which is awesome. Yeah, I would say not promoting the participation will lead to frustration, much like being a Bills fan, I would think. Oh. Um, so oh. so uh, our next group cool leader essential, oh, come on. Our next group taunting. leader essential taunting. is... Uh, is <laughs> some taunting here. Is to model <laughs> authenticity. <laughs> Um, and when it comes to modeling authenticity, we, are, we don't necessarily mean to walk into group and to share your deepest, darkest secret right off the bat. Um, we define authenticity simply as acting in a way that lines up with what I believe and what I say, and whenever my actions don't line up, I'm going to own it. Um, and so that's how we, we would define authenticity, and we've seen it over and over again. 
that people would, would rather follow a leader who's always real than someone who's always right. Um, we can't and shouldn't pretend that we always act in a way that is consistent with what we believe. In fact, that's why we're in group in the first place, is to ask God and others um, to help us with our faith also, but also with our shortcomings, right? Um, and so people have no problem following someone who's real with them. And when it comes to, to being real, um, as leaders, something that we want to understand and recognize is um, this natural cycle of authenticity that happens, and we actually want to break that. So in normal relationships, you have to work really hard to get, a, to, get to a place of trust, and then maybe you'll feel safe um, sharing and being honest with people. Um, and that's how people in our groups are going to function. They're going to wait until they feel trust with us before they'll actually let us in on their real-life stuff. And so as leaders, we want to recognize that, and then we actually want to reverse that cycle. So we need to lead out with authenticity, and that's going to speed up that process of them actually trusting us and being honest with us about their real-life stuff. Um, and uh, I've heard groups described one way as um, a comfortable place to be uncomfortable. And that makes me think about modeling authenticity. Um, and so it is most important to remember this whole authentic authenticity cycle thing when someone new comes to your group for the very first time. And they're going to assume that as the leaders that you've got it all together and that they are the only people walking in the door with a little bit of a sin problem, really. And so um, someone new entering your group for the first time should signal like a countdown timer in your mind of like, okay, how long until I can let them know that I'm a real person too and I've got real struggles too? Um, and so, again, authenticity doesn't mean just, you know, spouting out like your deepest, darkest problems, but it really is doing what you're going to say you're going to do and then owning it when you don't. So if you try to tell your group, you know, being a group matters, well, then you can model authenticity by showing up to your group and prioritizing your group and reaching out to them. Um, if you say you want to treat your spouse better, you know, when we in prayer time, you're talking about how you want to treat your spouse better, but then you're a jerk the next week, show up and own that. Be authentic. Um, model that for your group members. Um, if you believe that prayer is vital to your relationship with God and you talk about that, well then be a person of prayer. That is a way that you can model authenticity. So again, people would rather follow a leader who's always real than someone who's always right. Mm, that's good. I was going to make a joke there about like model authenticity like the Patriots organization, but then yeah. I realized that didn't work so well. Moving on. we got to um, keep going. Here. I know we do. Uh, all right, let's go. Number five, provide care. Hey, quite simply on a basic level, we do this. Um, by staying aware of what's going on in group members' lives uh, as they share prayer requests in group, open up in group meetings, or when we connect outside of group. Uh, this could be you know, writing down prayer requests during prayer time, asking for an update the following week from them. Remembering birthdays and anniversaries is big. Uh, touching base with each group member each week through a simple text or, or phone call is, is helpful. Or when a bomb, something heavy is dropped, um, in group time, making sure that you connect after group. I mean, these are all ways to, to provide care for group members. When things get tough, uh, we should be the first one in group members' lives to provide care for them. Let's move along to number six. Okay. Uh, number six of our group leader essentials is to replace yourself. And this one might never feel urgent, but um, it really is important. And I know even as new leaders, you're like, wait a minute, I already got to replace myself? That seems like, eh. But... In the back of all of our leaders' minds, we love to just always be thinking about the future, and um, we're always looking toward multiplication, toward making space for more people. The truth of it is, somebody made space for you in your group. Yes. Somebody made space for me at one point. Right. And so we want to multiply, uh, we want to grow and multiply our group so that more people can get into groups and experience 
biblical community. Um, and no one's going to show up in your group with the word leader tattooed right. across their forehead. Um, I wish they would. Mm -hmm. But we really just want to be looking for people who might make potential leaders somewhere down the road and start dripping that kind of vision to them of like, man, I think you're going to make a great group leader someday. Who's, who's hungry to grow? Who's always working on their own spiritual walk and who seems to have an eye toward helping other people along? Um, drip vision to those people that hey, you could be a group. I'd love for you to be a group group leader some uh, at some point. And you know, a long time a long time ago, someone stepped up to be a new leader in a group um, so that it could multiply, and they made room for me, and someone did that for you. And so we always want to have that in the back of our minds. That's awesome. Replacing ourselves. Thanks, Courtney. Um, we're going to just cover real quickly two more parts. But Ryan, would you just pull that door oh, close for us? It's getting quite loud. Um, I don't know if anybody else. Promise that. we'll save some dessert for you. <laughs> yes. I hope so. Uh, okay, so let's take a look um, at the resources that are available to you. Um, I would say this is your primary resource right here, your coach. Groups is all about relationships, and that relationship with your coach is going to be huge. Um, just that, that person uh, who's committed to helping you succeed as a group leader, they're going to be your primary resource. And you'll meet with, again, your coach a couple times a year for check-ins, and that'll be really important for you. Regroup trainings, um, these events, um, again, once in the fall, once um, in the spring trimester, well, or really winter is when those happen as well. Uh, North, uh, Northridgeleaders.com is a, an amazing website packed with resources available mm -hmm. to you to use as a leader. And then you can see the other sites. I won't take the time to go down through each one, but those are all available resources packed with just really helpful, uh, essential tools for you to lead well. All right, and then uh, you might ask the question, well, how do I get started in you know, being a leader if I um, desire to be one? Well, we're gonna actually ask every person to do number one um, right now. And I have a card that we would desire for you, whether or not you feel like you're heading toward leadership, um, we really would love for you to fill out one of these cards and you'll have the opportunity to respond um, in terms of where you're at with leadership. Um, and then second, um, if you've indicated on the card, yes, I want to pursue leadership, then we would encourage you to talk with your group leaders and let them know, hey, I indicated that I'm, I'm moving toward leadership. If you're not already a group leader, but you're heading there, make sure your group leaders are aware of that. They probably already are, but just to ensure that. And the number three, there will be an application that you'll fill out. Um, that's available online. It's available on northridgeleaders.com um, so that's the place that you can get that and uh, we'll make that readily accessible to you and then number four uh, if you're not yet a member you'll want to take that next membership class on November 3rd those are really the steps to becoming a, a leader um, here at Northridge all right so let's move into if there are any questions does anyone have any questions Mark, yes right in the back I'm being honest we've been here five years and I don't even know why we aren't members so we have to take that. We've done everything else. Yeah. Um, excuse me. That's awesome. Yeah, but we've. I mean, we've been in community groups for years and years too. So I'm wondering, we were gonna co-lead with Romano, which is. Yeah. Do we yep. have to wait now to co-lead with them until the spring? That's an excellent question. Okay. Yeah, I love that. And because we ran into this kind of situation over and over and over and over again, we went to a new format uh, a year and a half ago, I want to say, and what it. What it looked like was instead of only having group leaders and then group members, we have a middle step called apprentice leaders. Okay. So what would happen is you guys would step into that apprentice leadership role until such a time you get that membership tied up and then you would move into the full leadership. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Graduate. David? Mm -hmm. 
We are already leaders. Can you have to fill this? Nope. Oh. Uh, well, if you're already a leader, I don't think you do. I should have taken a better look. <coughs> Can I say something? Yeah, um, you know, if, if you wouldn't mind filling it out for us and then just writing on the bottom, already a leader, that would be perfect. Okay. All right, another question if you have one? Certainly want to give you the opportunity. Well, not a question, but a remark. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. The only team that's first in the AFC is right yeah. now is the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> Early in the day. Early in the day, she didn't give, a, give us the week, she didn't give us even the month or the season, the day. It's early in the day. That's ridiculous. And where's true? Any other questions, guys? Yeah. For example, right now, Great question. Thank you. Yeah. How do you access right now media? Um, um, I believe if you go to northridgeequip.com, there'll be a button on that site that you can access North, get access to Northridge, uh, sorry, to Right Now Media. Everyone that goes to Northridge has free access to this amazing video library, the Netflix of Christian resources. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's written yeah, really back. One for Courtney, one for me. Yeah. You get the hard one. <laughs> Other than the coach, is the group leader accountable to anyone close to them? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> um, our, our hope would be that there is genuine accountability for, uh, like within a community group. Like I have my co-leaders. Man, I, I'm talking openly with them. We're asking each other questions. We're encouraging each other. Um, so I would say there's, we hope that there is naturally, uh, naturally occurring accountability there, but then also coaches are leaning in to say, how are you doing spiritually first before you, you know, seek to pour into other people? And the other question is, um, is it always the thing where you are involved in a group and then that particular group splits and you take half of it or whatever, or are the groups defined by other ways? Great question. The question was for the recording. Um, when you multiply, we like to use the word multiply, um, it feels more positive than split, right? <laughs> but and it truly is multiplication. But, um, you know, are the groups, it, is it always, you know, one group kind of splitting or, you know, multiplying into two groups? Or are there, I think the essence of your question is, can it look differently uh, with different groups at play? Is that fair? Yeah, there are various parameters. Like, let's say you were in a group that defined itself in this Sure. But you maybe uh, feel called to serve a group that's defined in another way? Yeah, I think I might have to learn more about what, what you mean in that. Um, let's, let's say you're in a group of eight people that are your same age. Oh, so sure. You feel sure. called to lead yeah. people who have uh, other particular interests or needs or. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's good. I think I understand where you're going with that. Um, I think that would be something you work through with your coach, and they would, as much as they possibly can, try to help accommodate those those kinds of desires. But at the end of the day, like it would have to be somewhat somewhat sustainable. You know, there would have to be a sustainable two sustainable groups that would result from the one group. Yep. But I think it can be it can look very different. I think there's a a whole wide variety of ways that groups multiply. It's not always the same. So that's good though. Or when we open up campus and then our leader our Really? <laughs> Who would do that? Anybody <laughs> else?
think there's treats in the water. I think there are. You guys are hungry. Go get them. Thanks for being here. Hey, uh, yeah, leave the cards right on your seat. And I'll collect them.